Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. One of our true friends and a person that we just love is out with her latest book. This is her, I believe, fifth, and it's a very unusual setting. We always have an odd one in the crowd. So it's kind of odd. Decidedly odd. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? No, it doesn't strike me as a little bit odd. It's the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. It's stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Now, here's the Oddcast. Uh, Sherry is off right now, but I am just delighted to be talking with Martha Todd Dudman, who lives in Maine and is the author of Dawn, Expecting to Fly, a wonderful book, Black Olives, and a book that so many people were so touched by, Augusta Gone, which was adapted to an award-winning film. She has a brand new book out, Sunrise and the Real World, and Martha is with us right now. Martha, before we get into this, I, I should have also said you're famous for being the second person in the world to uh, pick up the Bob and Sherry show. And, Which was uh, my great are... good fortune. <laughs> well, that's, sweet of, that's sweet of you to say many, many years ago. And so let's, let's talk about um, Sunrise and the Real World. I'm just going to read from the back cover so folks get an idea. Sure. When Lorraine, a recent college graduate, starts work at a residential treatment center for troubled teens, she quickly finds herself absorbed into a world very distant from the idyllic lobsters and lighthouses fairy tale that she's always associated with Maine. Instead, she discovers a landscape of abused and angry teenagers, illicit romance and danger. Still, she grows to love the place and its people until events shatter her confidence in the world and her own mortality. Years later, disheartened, And battered by life, Lorraine is unexpectedly drawn back to that world to confront the person she was, the choices she made, and the bitter ghosts that still haunt her. I am I'm halfway through the book, so that is tantalizing for me. Um, When when you and I were uh, emailing, you said that I will notice some of the locations, and boy, indeed I did. Um, Northwest Harbor is where Lorraine lives. And it's been called by Esquire magazine, the preppiest village in America. And <laughs> it's it still has lobstermen. And, you know, it's not everybody's loaded, but it has such charm. It's my favorite place, I think, on the planet. It's just beautiful. And I noticed the Astico Inn and the gardens and all of these, pla- the, the lobster pounds and all these places that I have been going to year after year. Um, as a resident of that part of the world, um, what was the appeal of writing about it? Well, 
it's where I live. And I've lived here for almost 50 years now. So it's it's the place I know. At first, mm -hmm. when I started writing this, I had actually made up towns and villages um, in Maine because I didn't think I should set it right here where I live. But as I right. wrote it, I kept picturing the places on Mount Desert Island, which many people know as the home of Acadia National Park. And it's right. so beautiful and it's so it's such a mesmerizing landscape that I realized that why not just set it here? Um, and so that's what I decided to do. So the story takes place in Mount Desert Island and on the coast of Maine, primarily. Right. And as uh, I just described by reading off of the back, the, the uh, description of the story, this is not the glamorous part of uh, Northeast Harbor. This is a place that is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. In, in essence, this is their last chance before they go into the youth I don't know what else to call it, prison system, correct? That's right. That's right. And for for Lorraine, the, the uh, main character in the book, she's she's used to this. As you said, the preppiest town, village in America, she's used to mm -hmm. this beautiful little exquisite place that she lives in Maine. And suddenly she's thrust into this other Maine that she didn't even know existed, where people, uh, kids were raised in homes with alcoholism and abuse and they're very troubled. When she first meets them, she's terrified by them. She thinks they're they're like criminals. But as she gets to know them, she starts to feel close to some of the kids and to feel like they're almost her family. And then some horrific event takes place, which completely shatters her confidence in them and changes everything. And she has along the way... Um... A little bit of, as far as I'm, I'm halfway through, a flirty, um, I can't call it a romance, but a flirtation with her superior, a guy. Right. The thing about Lorraine is throughout the book, she's she's torn between these two sides of herself. One side of her, mm -hmm. which she thinks of as the, her better self, likes to be in the woods and hiking. And she's very, she's got this nice boyfriend. And But on the other hand, she's drawn to the other side of herself with the the grittier world of Sunrise Academy where she works and this mm -hmm. sort of terrible psychologist who works there who is seducing her. He's a married man. And so but she's drawn, she's attracted to him too. So she's torn throughout. We're gonna continue with that and more in just a moment. We'll be right back with Martha Todd Duckett. We're very excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. There's so much content. You get classic chat room calls, your best of CDs, behind the scene photos and videos, and it only costs $4.99 a month. Go to bobandsherry.com slash premium. We continue once again with Martha Todd Dudman and her brand new book, Sunrise and the Real World. So it's an interesting way to uh, talk about a place for troubled teens, a residential treatment center. As soon as you hear the word treatment or see the word treatment, you, in most cases, initially say, well, that's for people who have substance abuse problems. But that is not really what this place is all about completely, is it? No, it's not. And remember, this book is set in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. With, right. So this is a, a different time, and substance abuse, though, was a problem then, wasn't the main problem that it is now, especially right. in 
frankly, in places like this, in rural states like Maine. Mm -hmm. um, but, but so she's she's working. That is part of what she has to deal with, but it's not the whole thing. Right. You know, it was <clears throat> absolutely heartbreaking uh, in the book when one of the characters, a girl, um, acts out and the treatment center says, we can't put up with this anymore. You're going to have to go to the correctional, in, in essence, the teen jail. And then the car pulls up and she's walked out there and the other kids and your uh, heroine, Lorraine, watch watch her taken away. That really was heartbreaking and touching. Um, you, you, yeah, you know, many of these kids are lost and you do feel an affection for them as Lorraine does. But as the story continues, part you haven't gotten to yet, Bob, um, you'll find that that there's 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 a dark side to this place, too. And to the kids who mm -hmm. live there and mm -hmm. even to Lorraine herself. She so, eventually <laughs> winds up leaving um, Sunrise and continues with her life. But Lorraine's life never quite works out. And mm -hmm. she is haunted always by the events that occur at Sunrise Academy. It's mm -hmm. always there in the back of her mind. It's like the stone in her shoe. And right. finally, years later, uh, Lorraine decides she's going to write um, about her experience. And she um, she goes to a, resident, a residency in Virginia, actually, in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, to write the story of what happened so many years before. What drew you to this, uh, this subject? Well, uh, several things. First of all, I myself uh, worked at a residential treatment center outside of um, Ellsworth, Maine, um, in the late 70s, early 80s. Yes. Uh -huh. So I experienced firsthand what Lorraine experiences in the book. Of course, the characters are different. The events are different. But I did draw from that experience writing this book. Also, as you know, from reading my memoir, Augusta Gone, my own mm -hmm. daughter wound up in a residential treatment center herself when she was a teenager. So um, it was it was sort of eerie to have to relive some of these experiences with my daughter and then again writing this book. Could you have written this book if you had not gone through that with uh, Augusta Gone? No, and, I don't uh, think so. I think that every yeah. writer um, uses bits and pieces from their own life, things mm -hmm. that have touched them deeply. I think we've all had experiences that that really feel um, they change our lives when they occur. And mm -hmm. even though we we don't continue to feel them as sharply through the years, they're still there and they're what make us up. And those are the things, those are unfortunately the sort of rich experiences that we draw from when we're when we're writing my wife mary is a uh she's a doctor of behavioral health and um what you just said drawing on experiences she does quite often because she was um, working in, not in a treatment center but with a very very uh, troubled young people in appalachia um years and years ago right after she got out of college and she she said there were experiences that I had, this is Mary talking, that are right. just burned into my brain, going to a home where literally you can walk into it and in the middle of the winter, 
see the outside through the slats that are not totally insulated and feel the cold wet, the, the cold uh, air coming in and seeing a, a drunken uncle on the porch and watching these little kids who looked like they hadn't had a bath in years. Um, I think it gave her, and I'm presuming you too, um, a softness when you come upon somebody who is troubled. She realizes that I know where you came from, and that was right. no easy place to get out of. Yeah, and and your first sight of that that kind of life um, that some children are raised in is so shocking. If you if you yourself have been raised in comfort, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, are any of the characters at all drawn on anyone that you may know, including uh, Lorraine Superior? Well, of course, I don't want to get myself sued, so I'll say no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I understand. What, what, you know, you know when you when you write a novel, you can't yeah. help but drawing from real experiences and yeah. many people are a patchwork of characters you run across in your life, but nobody's oh, yeah. exactly who you knew and nothing that right. happens is exactly what happened. Right. So, um how do you write? I mean, how do I write? In, uh, do, with you, determination. <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, I've, I, I've heard I of uh, writers that just say, I have to, I, I go into a room alone. I, I don't, uh, with, with nothing on the uh, paper at all. It, it's all coming out of my head. I'm making this up as I go along. I, I work uh, four hours a day, then I can't do it anymore. It's just too much. What is your style? Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Um, I write every day. I get up mm -hmm. very early in the morning and I start writing. I take a walk and I keep writing. And a lot of it is frankly crap, but I keep going. And um, this book, this book that you're reading now, Sunrise in the Real World, I uh, started more than 10 years ago. And then I gave up on it and I put it aside. I was still working at the time. I had a lot going on in my life. And mm -hmm. um my parents were getting old. I had to t help take care of them. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have, I had a lot of excuses for why I couldn't work on it. But frankly, it just was a hard book to write because the main characters is not entirely sympathetic. Lorraine mm -hmm. is a troubled um, person who does things that are wrong. I find her rather endearing, but she's not all sweetness and light. Um, but you know, sometimes you get you get started on a book, and you can't not write it. So I kept mm -hmm. putting it away, and then I'd bring it back out. I put it away. I'd bring it back out. I finally I showed it to a friend of mine oh, about I don't know ten years ago. Well, less. Anyway, I showed it to a friend of mine who's a literature professor. I said, "Would you take a look at this? Tell me what you think." And he didn't mm -hmm. understand what I was asking for. I was asking for him to tell me it was fabulous. But what he told me instead was he didn't like it. So that shut me down further. And then um, right before, it was in 2020, right before COVID, I was in Washington and I had, uh, where I grew up, and I had dinner with an old high school friend of mine who's also a writer. And she said, what are you working on? I said, well, I got this new book I'm working on. I said, but there's this other one that I just, I want to finish it, but I showed it to this guy and 
He told me it was no good. And she said, you showed it to a man? (laughs) So I go home, write the book. So I went home and I wrote the book. And once I got his voice out of my head and Mm -hmm. was alone in the room, as you said, writing my 10 pages a day, I was able to finish it. And I think it's a um, it's a surprising book. It's got a lot of twists and turns. I think you'll find the ending quite um, unexpected. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a fine, fine novel. It's it's yes, I'm glad I, I was going to say what you said about him being a man, I knew that was going to be the case because <laughs> he, he was just dismissed. I know what he was dismissing. So I have a friend that um, Martha, a lot of people don't know this, um, was a broadcast executive. And in addition to becoming an author, and I have a friend who was a uh, program director of a very big Chicago radio station. And she said, and it's a blanket statement. She was referring to people who were, um, radio people. She said, you know, when you get down to it, we're all broken. And she was referring to the people that in my industry. And I thought it was an interesting, interesting comment. Um, how would you reflect on that? Not, not necessarily with radio people, but just having lived the life that you've lived and written um, a couple of books, are we all broken? Well, I think I think everybody who's interesting is broken. And I, I think that that brokenness is what makes us human. Mm-hmm. And I think as you go through life, you can't help but have certain things occur that really just throw you throw you into upheaval and completely undo you. And it's right. when you come back from that and you find a way to cope with that, that you reach a, a greater, you know, that you make progress in your life. Right. And for me, um, the way that I deal with um, difficulties or heartbreak or um, defeat is by writing. Because once you take an experience and you turn it into something else, you start, you're, when you're making any kind of art, that becomes what you're doing instead of dealing with the pain and mm-hmm. and it becomes something outside yourself and you and it somehow releases um the bad feelings that you've been holding inside mm-hmm. and i think um it's interesting that your friend talked about radio people i i was in radio for i don't know 12 years and I look back at it as one of the high points of my um, various careers. It was really a lot of fun, mostly well, because of the people that are in radio. I think yeah. they're interesting. They are a little broken. They are a little crazy, but they're they're creative and funny and smart and just interesting to be around. Well said. Um, is there something about Maine that is a better palette than perhaps other places. I, I mean, E.B. White uh, famously wrote about Maine, and then you have uh, artists like Hopper, and the list goes on and on. They say it's because of the light as a uh, as a painter, um, and I don't know if it's if it's the uh, atmosphere for a writer. Is there something that differentiates for an artist? Maine from another place in America? 
Well, I, I think any place that is rich for you and that is home for you is an interesting place to write from. For me, I, I love living in Maine. I've lived here, as I said, for almost 50 years, moved here right after college, and I've just stayed because I love it here. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful. But also, I think, frankly, winter helps. We've got a long, hard winter <laughs> in Maine, and right. the days are short and the nights are long, and there's and there are many of our towns, especially now, empty out in the wintertime so that you have a lot of solitude. And I think mm -hmm. darkness, solitude, quiet, those are good things for a writer. Yeah, I can see that as, as the mean, expression I gotta goes. I got to tell you, COVID was heaven for me. I got so <laughs> much done during COVID. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't see anybody. Right. Hey. right. <laughs> Yeah, you have the right right profession for COVID. You're right. Well, you know, you know what the expression is: if you uh, if you don't put up with the winter, you don't deserve the summer. In Maine. That's right. That's right. Fine. Finally, uh, let me ask you: when um, you do book signings, and uh, you know, you can go back to uh, Augusta Gone, but I, I, I'm hoping you're getting responses from Sunrise in the real world. What do people um, ask you about? What do people comment? to you, the author, about? Well, um, I've been really heartened by the response to this book. It's, it's a, in many ways, it's a dark book. There are, there, there's some really um, troubling characters in it, and there's some, some sort of creepy events, but um, mm -hmm. people really seem to like this book. They say it's a fast read. They talk about it being a page turner. I mean, this is music to my ears. Um, True. And and so I think the response has been has been very positive and very strong. I'm I'm very pleased with it. I mean, I Excellent. think all my books are very are different from one another. Totally, um, totally. Yeah, but uh, this one this one's had a good good response. It is a page turner, and I would have been through it except uh, my copy was sent to Sherry, and I uh, had to wait on Amazon. But I'm glad I did. Uh, and, uh, uh, Another day or two, and uh, and I'll be through it. The name well, of the let me uh, book, know how you like the ending. <laughs> I will, without a doubt, I will. The name of the book is Sunrise and the Real World. You can get it wherever you get books, but I mean, I got it after a couple of days with Amazon. They they sent it right out, so they must be pretty well stocked. Martha Todd Dudman, Martha, it's so nice to talk to you. Stay well, and uh, I hope for an early spring. Bob, thanks so much. It was great to hear your voice. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter 
Recruiter's powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 